Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. So stuffed. I had something called dinosaur ribs tonight. You ever had these? I, I have not had dinosaur ribs. My God, like, how big is that? It's not an actual dinosaur. They're they're extinct. They're only in Jurassic Park. Okay, they're they're not. A, there are not actual dinosaurs. Although my son was like, "Are you eating a dinosaur?" My six-year-old, not the older one. If it was the older one, I would have smacked him in the head and told him I'm not paying for private high school. Okay, but the 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 smaller one, he goes uh, he goes, Dad. Is that a real dinosaur? I'm like, no, but that is a cow rib right there. It was, I went to this place where they actually bought like a live cow for all of their meat that they were going to be doing barbecue. And they, they did a night where they just did the ribs and they smoked them for 10 hours. And I was like, I'm going and get one of these things. Cause I saw them like on social media and I went and got one and it was just a ginormous, rib just just nothing but just meat on the side of a a like a, a bone that was so big it was like the size of my arm Craig like this thing was the size of my arm I was like if I took this and put it in my backyard somebody would mistaken this for a human bone and call the police it was huge see I was going my brain was going back to when we did uh what was it Bob nutting when he was like hunting on an island or something I'm like yes. maybe maybe Chris has blown up so much he's so popular <laughs> right that Chris is a, has actually gone to Jurassic Park. Right. No, I've been on the island. I've been on the billionaire's island with all the owners hunting the uh, the world's most dangerous game, it, human it beings. Is, Isla Nubar or whatever <laughs> yeah, it's called, me, I think. Me, Scott Boris, and all the MLB owners. I got into the club. That's what I was doing. <laughs> and you got and you got and you got a dinosaur rib. Right, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Anyway, uh I'm a genius. I, I want to start the show off right there with that. I'm a genius because I told you last week when you poo-pooed him, JT Brubaker was not done. And I saw trends in his last few games that showed me that he was reverting back to what he was capable of, what he showed people he was capable of in the first half of last year. And what does he do on Monday night? He has a nice game. What was it? Six and two thirds. And he only put seven yep. on. I mean, that yeah. right there, that right there. That's a whip of one basically. And he did it in that game. That was a nicely pitched game. Yeah, and he fought through a couple errors and everything. So, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, certain games, like even like Quintana had a good outing last time he was out. And you'll look and it's like he gave up five runs. But if you look, there were only two earned runs. Right. But but, but Brubaker fought like right through that, through some, you know, miscues, even his own miscues and, and did well. So, I mean, it's in there. I mean, he's shown it. That's where it's like when you're looking for certain pitchers, like, Mitch Keller, like for the most part, like he shows it every other game and he showed it in the minors. JT Brubaker showed it for a solid, like, you know, couple months that there was something in there. So 
I mean, I'm happy for the guy and, and it's gone from me being him being like the first person. Like, I think we had a thing where it's like, who would you cut off the team? And I'm just like, I just don't want to see JT pitch anymore. He's pitched so bad. And then look at this. He's turned it right around and he is, you know, he's making this staff kind of, you know, come together a little bit. It's, it's definitely not. I mean, it's still early. It's early for Quintana. Uh, your boy, Zach Thompson, who, you know, we thought you had jinxed. He's actually, you know, looked pretty good. I think it's three outings in a row now. I had to give up on him. The problem is whenever I put a Pittsburgh Pirate on my fantasy baseball team, they do terribly, okay? Yeah. Boo Baker was on the team when he had the rough stretch, okay? Uh, Thompson, I bragged about him, and he fell apart. I released him. He started pitching well again. And I'm going to admit the worst game of the year by Jose Quintana, even though a lot of those were unearned, I picked him up the day before and put him on my fantasy team because he's relief pitcher eligible and I could use a starter in the relief pitcher role. It feels like cheating. It's like a video game cheat. And then he goes out and he doesn't do anything for me. I, I'm I'm starting to think I'm jinxing the Pirates. I shouldn't have any of them on my team. <laughs> but here's the thing is, but you know that eventually they're going to perform. Yeah. But you, just have, but you just have to drop them first. So, I mean, that's that's all you have to do. But, I mean, if these guys continue to perform and then, you know, we've Rowanzi finally went down and got stretched out, and he you know is pitching five innings now. So That's he's, big. He can come back up, and he can you know he can come back into the rotation. You know, you're you're starting to put together what could be the beginnings of something. Like we said, we don't know if Quintana is going to stick around. We don't know if Ben Sherrington's just going to try to flip him for whatever he can get going to try to extend who knows well here but, think about this think about this let's let's just look at this one more time i know we've talked about it before but if he continues doing what he's doing and i'm going to tell you right now even after the the last start a guy walking around with a 1.18 whip with a fielding independent pitching number of 3.25 with an era of 2.43 okay that's a guy that's up in the top half of your rotation and if he's doing that by midseason, unless you get something really good for him. And I mean really good for him that's worth getting that guy out of your rotation. I don't think his career is over. So he's a guy that if you can keep, and I don't think he's going to cost you a ton, I think that's a guy you keep in your rotation. You want to have a veteran pitcher. You're gonna Once you get this all put together, you're going to go out anyway and go get a veteran pitcher. Every team in a rebuild at some point goes out and gets a couple of vets and mixes them in. You already have one. If he's happy here, you like what he's doing, unless it's like a big haul, imagine you keep him around, right? So you got him up at the top end. Now you got Contreras on the team. If he does well here, you have him up at the top. He's, in my mind, is a, is a top-end rotation guy. That's what you're hoping for him. If that works out, you're super pumped, right? Mitch Keller then at that point, if it never does work out and get consistent for Mitch Keller, a feasible five-starter and Brubaker also and Thompson, these are guys at the bottom end of a rotation, whereas after you get through this and you've got those five, now you've got guys in the minor leagues that you're waiting to get up and you're expecting them to come up and pick some of those guys off. And, and and move people down. A guy comes up, becomes a third starter, drops your three to a four, your four to a five. And you start seeing your staff get better and better and better. And then you go and you look at pro scouting, especially on the budget that the Pirates have, and you expect them to find a guy like Johnny Cueto, who was signed, what, a week before the season started, left in the yeah. minor leagues to warm up, and he just pitched this weekend, his second start since coming up, and he, he pitches against the New York Yankees in New York on Saturday and goes seven scoreless? 
Like that's that's what you you do. And you go get that guy when it's time to start being competitive. So I look, I'm encouraged right now by signs that are, you know, within this pitching staff. It's not completely together yet. It's not it's not great, but there's positive signs that I'm seeing what we need to see is continued improvement. If they can't build off of this at this point, then I start looking at the coaching saying, you have it. You're right on the cusp. Why couldn't you push this through the finish line? Are you the right person for the job? Right now, I'm not there yet because I see hope. Yeah, and I definitely think the the, the pitching, it's going to be a big piece of this. I mean, the hitting part, we still have to hope, you know, O'Neill Cruz sitting down there maybe starts to turn around a little bit, and he had a little over the past week. Nick Gonzalez has finally started to hit a little bit better over the past week. Pagaro's been hitting well uh, for most of the season. So you have to hope that some of this comes up because, I mean, that's kind of the other part right now and, and where fans are getting frustrated. And I feel like that we're like a broken record of like, uh, you know, a van meter who went, you know, of course he goes like two for four. Yoshi has a couple, you know, hits here and there. Yeah, but you can't get excited about that. You have to look at these guys every once in a while and say, okay, they, they had a nice game. You know, I mean, they're professional baseball players because they're capable of getting a hit every once in a while. What's the overall body of work? Van Meter's not a starter on this team. You're waiting for some of these guys. Look, MLB Pipeline just updated their list. Six Pittsburgh Pirates players now sitting in the top 67 in all of Major League Baseball. Six of them. Two are pitchers and four are position players. And there's no way Josh Van Meter is expected by this organization to survive Guys like Pagaro eventually getting here and getting into the the lineup, Cruz getting up here, or Gonzalez getting up here, let alone Henry Davis will eventually be your starting catcher. These guys are coming. You know, the idea is you have to have something built for the when they get here, then they're the next wave that comes walking in the door, and then you're going out, you're trying to add a couple more pieces, and boom, you've got a competitive team and you're and you're trying to win the central. You know, and you could be doing it as soon as 2024. I think I think if things continue on the track they're on, I'm going to sound like a crazy person right now. 2023 could be a season where this team hovers around 500 and 2024 they're competing. That's I think that's what the goal is at this point. But you, again, you need to start seeing the more progression. You need to see the things that we're seeing in the in the rotation continue on that track. We've got to figure out what the hell's going on with Brian Reynolds. Right. And and his that's the big one there, man. Right. And his long term. And you gotta figure out who's gonna stick and who isn't going to stick. And and these guys that are the prospects, I mean, it is six of them in the top sixty seven. It it it, there's no guarantee they're all hitting, right? If you get four of those six and they become good major league baseball players, that's a win for you. If you add four more legit major league baseball players to the roster you currently have, you're going to have to find them in other places as well. Ben Charrington's got a lot more work ahead of him than just sitting around and waiting for the prospects to get here. Yeah. And the big thing for me right now is that when you talk about like a a Van Meter or a, a Yoshi and you see guys that are actually hitting, you know, like, like Michael Chavis, who's up over 300 now and seems to be like one of the better hitters on the team, but they're like giving Van Meter starts at second base. They're giving Yoshi starts at first base. Those are like two of the main places that that Michael Chavis plays. And it seems like he's being pulled off the bench for those two guys who like Chavis is 
the one of those three that has a legit shot, is young enough, has enough control that could be a part of stuff. So, and that's the same thing as like, like Diego Castillo, you brought him up at the beginning of the season. And I swear to God, I see Castillo on the bench more than anybody. Like, I know you brought Jack Sawinski up and you really have no other outfielders out there. But Jack Sawinski's hitting like a buck 80 right now. And he's almost like penned into the lineup at this point. But you got to give a guy a chance. That's the thing. I'm going to tell you, look, look, there's no way of knowing what somebody is until they go and get 400 at bats. There's just no way. You know, I mean, if you believe Jack Zawinski, if the Pirates believe Jack Zawinski has a chance to stick in this organization in the outfield, they're going to give him at bats. And the only way that he's going to work things out is if he's up there every day and then he's sitting there with a little iPad and he's looking at what he did right and what he did wrong. Which, by the way, I've read a lot of articles recently about, uh, like, from good hitters who have mentioned things like, I don't look at the bad at bats. I only look at the good ones. That seems to be like a trend I'm seeing now, where it's like, I only want to see when I did well because then I know how to duplicate it. You know, I wonder if that's caught on around Major League Baseball. But these guys look at a lot of film and he's got to get film. He's got to get time. He's got to get swings. I know it's frustrating to you, but you don't want to be working out Jack Zawinski when your team's finally good. This is what you do. You bring these guys up and you let them fail. They sink or they swim. Yeah, and it's a lot better, I guess, than watching, you know, Kai Tom like we did last year. Like I said, I, I I, I enjoy these games more. I mean, I, of course, didn't enjoy losing 18 to 4 on Sunday and only getting our run scored off of uh, Yadier Molina. But I do enjoy it more to see even if Castro's struggling in the field, I, I want to see those struggles so we can figure it out and check him off the ball. It's like, well, maybe Castro, maybe we saw something and, and it's not going to pan out, but we need to see it. The same reason I would want to see Diego Castillo more. The reason I want to see Michael Chavis more to see if like, you know, the problems that he had with strikeouts and stuff emerge, or if he's become more of a contact hitter with a little bit of pop instead of being that guy. Cause I mean, he's a little guy. He's like five ten. like he's as tall as me, a, a guy that I, at some point in time, you know, he came up, he had 18 home runs in his first season as a rookie in Boston and maybe thought, okay, maybe there's a little bit more power in there and maybe started swinging for the fences a little bit more and let, instead of letting stuff come to him. The power's in the bat. It's going to come, but it's coming, I feel like, more naturally now. But I'd, I'd like to see him playing more. And that's where it's like, okay, it, it's almost like a churn and burn type thing. It's just like some of these older guys, as soon as like anybody is showing stuff in the minors, like a Mason Martin, like three home runs in four games. Like, Yoshi, you shouldn't be in there anymore. We got to see what Mason has. I want to give you this stat before we get to your guest today. Mike Pierzak is going to be joining you from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And I always love listening to the two of you guys talk and break down the Pirates. It's an awful lot of fun. But So I'm, I'm going to leave with this thought before we get into to Mike and you. I'm going to give you two players. One of them is Jack Zawinski. The other one is a mystery player. Jack Zawinski, I'll tell you. 79 plate appearances to date, hitting 176 with a 593 OPS. Mystery player at the age of 24 in his first season in 2016. 179 batting average and a 608 OPS. 
Both of them play the outfield. Name that player. Aaron Judge. (laughs) You got to give the prospects at bats at the major league level. I'm only saying. Are you or someone you know looking to learn how to play a musical instrument this year? Then you should be checking out Westgate Music School. Private music lessons for all instruments, including guitar, piano, drums, voice, bass guitar, violin, banjo, ukulele, and more. Are you a vocalist? Are you ready to play a musical instrument and looking to join a group? Westgate Music School offers group classes for rock band, acapella vocal, and barbershop quartet. Plus, it's all online. That's right. From anywhere in the country, you can learn any instrument you want with Westgate Music School. Gift certificates for Westgate are also available. More information, westgatemusicschool.com. All right, guys. Coming off an 18-4 loss uh, to the Cardinals where the only offense generated was generated off of a position player pitching in Yadier Molino. Not sure if those stats even really count. Coming into a series versus Colorado, a team that offensively has has struggled uh, as much, if not more, than the Pirates. So, so we might be able to grab a couple wins here. But you know, going to try to keep the spirits high. Not not sure. A little little bit of a depressing day on a Monday, uh, coming out of being swept by the Cardinals. But it already planned on bringing back Mike Piersack from the PG. To kind of talk about uh, the the quarter mark here, forty games in for the Pirates. Mike, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing well, Craig. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. And I, like right before we got on, I was talking about you know the the offense, uh, the hitting, the the pitching, uh, the defense. Last year, the Pirates, uh, at least according to the metrics, were you know one of the best defensive teams. Uh, even though everything that gets repeated, you'll see the play by Will Craig and and just being, you know, not a, a great team that way. And then this year uh, being down towards the bottom and, and just seeing, you know, a decent amount of errors here and there. But uh, is there any way that you think the Pirates are, you know, taking that step forward? Because this year it's like, OK, maybe we're supposed to bottom out last year and supposed to come back up. Do you see anywhere where there's like improvement in any of those areas? I, I will just say that I think the fielding is like a little better than what it looks like. Like I watch on a game to game basis too, and it's and you know, Key Brian Hayes is making a bunch of errors right now. And it's like that's very much unlike him. But but he's still really good defensively, right? Like the stats in terms of like um, you know, advanced fielding metrics or defensive run saved or outs above average or however you want to put it. Um he's still good in in those areas. And so I wouldn't say that there's like, you know, I, I think sometimes like errors are misleading and the pirates were, had very few errors last year. Um, but, and have many more this year, but I think they're, they're better metrically than, um, you probably say, but in terms of like actual, you know, tangible improvement, like, like, you know, as, as important as fielding is, I think that it's kind of the third of those categories, right. Of, of pitching defense and, and, and hitting, you take good hitting and good pitching over good defense. Um, and, and, you know, uh, there hasn't really been growth. I, I think that there's more, like, clarity in terms of the starting pitching. Like, I'm not sure any of these guys up here are going to be, like, long-term options at this point. Like, we've seen enough of them now where I wouldn't say that I'm super, you know, we we started this season asking for, for clarity of, like, who's going to be around further. But I think, in reality, not many of them will be. Um 
and and you know on the offensive side you're just kind of waiting for Brian Reynolds to get around uh and and maybe Yoshi Tatsugo or at least some young guys whenever they come up but um yeah I mean right now it's just it's just kind of bleak I guess it's a long way of saying that things are not looking really great right now yeah, and and I mean, we'll, we could put the fielding aside. I just kind of wanted to point that out, and, and and you did like you know punctuate really well that you know even though Cabrian Hayes is making those errors, he's also making the plays that uh, like a not not a lot of other third basemen would be able to make. So you can overlook those to a degree. I mean, obviously we don't want those to happen, but it's not affecting his his overall body of work as much as it would for you know, a player that doesn't have the range that he does, that doesn't have the arm that he does, the athleticism. So so there's a lot of, of good stuff still happening there. But but just kind of going to, to the hitting. I mean, right now you, you mentioned it, you know, getting getting Brian Reynolds to turn around. But Yoshi Tsutsugo, a lot of people had him just based on last year, those eight home runs uh, had him, you know, marked for like a, a 20 home run season. Right now he has two, and like I said, one of those is off of Yadier Molina. So it's it's just not really working out offensively. And and before we got on, we were talking about Hayes hitting for average, uh, hitting for a little bit of power, but you can't have a, a third baseman on your team, you know, not producing any home runs. Yeah, unless you're going to pick it up somewhere else, right? Like, like that's if it, you know if he's a guy who gets on base a lot and scores a lot of runs because you have guys behind him who are able to produce that power, then then fine, then that that works. Um, but they they don't have that either, right? So uh, so you know, especially when Daniel Vogelbach is out of the lineup and when, um, like you said, Yoshi is struggling and Brian Reynolds is is struggling. Although I would say that Brian Reynolds has has put together some. Um, some better games recently where maybe you can start to look, look like maybe it starts to look like he's turning things around. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, like the, the way that this roster is currently constituted, they need key Brian Hayes to be a run producer, like, you know, doing more than maybe he should be, should have to do to, to, to help them win games offensively. Um, and, you know, maybe that's not what he is. Maybe he is an on-base guy. And, and like I said, that's okay if you have guys behind him or in front of him or whatever who can produce that power, but um, but but they just don't right now. Yeah, and I think that's where, where people are, are getting frustrated at this point in time because social media and, and Twitter is, is a beautiful thing, but it can also be a horrible thing because you're only showing the highlights of when guys are doing well. Uh, the Indianapolis Indians, you know, the other day posting, you know, the exit velocity on O'Neill Cruz's home run, the exit velocity on Mason Martin's home run in the distance and launch angle and all this great stuff. And you're saying, you know, why aren't these guys up yet if the team needs power? But then if you look at their full body of work, you know, Martin is striking out a little bit less, but that's still a concern. Cruz looks to be more patient at the plate, but it's only when he really gets, you know, a hold of one that that you see these great highlights and stuff. Like, is there uh, a way that the offense is going to be able to improve this year? Because we've seen Jack Sawinski kind of bottom out a little bit and just kind of, you know, show that he was a double-A player who has, you know, little to no experience at triple-A and is getting a run. You have, you know, Rodolfo Castro getting some time. Diego Castillo has been 
the best of the bunch has been up there for the longest, but even him is, you know, down to hitting like 230 and the WRC plus, you know, below a hundred. So is there like any way that this like starts to hitting starts to improve? Because I mean, the pitching has been pretty bad, but it's not like the pirates have been scoring a ton of runs either. Yeah. I mean, I think it improves like still through those, those young guys who are going to come up. Right. And and I don't even know if improve is the right word. Like, okay. I, I, I viewed it two ways. Like, are these guys going to just get better to improve? And, and maybe um, like Brian Reynolds, I think will, will end up hitting better than what he is right now. Right. Um, and I think, you know, Vogelbach hasn't been in the lineup for a few days. Um, just banged up with something, but Derek Sheldon said he was, he was dealing with something, um, you know, minor over the weekend. And so, um, I don't expect him to, to be out too long, but he's been one of their better hitters, so he'll get back in and that will help. Um, but at the same time, like, I think, you know, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of fans' frustrations is just that, like, you're watching guys try to turn it around that won't be here in the long haul anyways, right? Um, whereas I think guys would have more, or fans would have more patience if – you know, it was O'Neill Cruz and maybe he was still struggling at the majors, but that's okay because he's O'Neill Cruz and he's in the majors, you know, like you're willing to have more patience with the prospects and, and you're more willing to watch them struggle uh, or, or fight through struggles or whatever. Um, if it's a guy that, that you've invested time in and you think is going to be a really good player down the road. And right now I think part of the frustration is just that the guys who are struggling in the majors have always been guys who have struggled in the majors, right? Like for the most part. And so you have little patience because it's like, well, why would we expect, you know, Josh Van Meter, and not to single anybody out because there are several guys, but Josh Van Meter or, or Kevin Newman when he gets back or, or Michael Perez, like why would you expect those guys to turn it around when they have never turned it around in their in their MLB careers? You know, like this is just kind of what they are. And I think, you know, whether it improves the offense or not, it will make the product more interesting to call up guys who you don't yet know who they are or what they will be. And, and that possibility is sort of exciting. Yeah, and that definitely is. Because, I mean, when you see Yoshi, who's supposed to be bringing the power, struggling at the plate, and you see, you know, Mason Martin, who plays the same position and actually plays that position and, and would be better defensively as well, uh, you know, kind of just pining down there, not added to the 40-man, you know, this past off season. It's like, well, wouldn't you want to find out, you know, would you is he going to be part of the future by giving him some actual run in the major leagues cal mitchell another guy who wasn't added who's been hitting pretty well done in indianapolis chris and i talked about him you know the last episode you know seeing what you have with him just because i mean everybody said you know the hitting was ahead of the pitching well right now nothing's ahead of really anything and and going you know going to the pitching you bring in Bryce Wilson, and you don't give up much. You give up Rich Rod, who, you know, was was basically, I mean, at this point in time, we know that he was probably benefiting from the sticky stuff a little bit. And, and you know, you got a player back who had some pedigree, not really working out just yet. You get, you get rid of, you know, Jacob Stallings. And I know that you got a couple other guys in the trade, but the one that we get to see, you know, on the main stage in Zach Thompson – has been okay, but he wasn't, he's not as dominant as he was in his short time last year. You know, Brubaker has looked a little bit better at times, uh, but then, like we said, Keller, you know, he, he, he's he been what we've seen, you know, his entire time up here. He's really good at one game, 
really bad another game and you your best pitcher on you know the, in the starting rotation is Jose Quintana who is only guaranteed to be here until the end of this season yeah yeah and not even that long right because he's probably a guy that you end up trading at the deadline if he continues to pitch like this so like you know I, I think it'll help you know R- Ronzi Contreras was called up uh, yesterday or, or is being called up, I guess, the, you know, the transaction isn't official or whatever, but he will be up with the team. Um, you know, it's going to help when he's on the mound, right? Because for the same reason I just said with O'Neill Cruz, right? Like if, if Ronzi Contreras comes up and he struggles a little bit against major league hitting, that's okay because it's Ronzi Contreras and his stuff is electric and he's still super young. And so you have hope for him to turn things around in the future and help turn the Pirates around because this rotation is – you're right. It, it when you said nothing's ahead of anything, like it's kind of a it's kind of a, a you know dire way of looking at things, but it's true. Like this past 10, 12 game run here, where the offense has just been so bad, even on the days when it does show up, it's like well, it doesn't matter because Mitch Keller's on the mound and he's struggling still, or or Bryce Wilson's on the mound and he has really just not been good this season. Uh, so you know it's it's when one shows up the other one isn't there and when the other one shows up the first one isn't there you know so it's been a struggle right now and the more guys that can come up and and at least provide something interesting even if it isn't an immediate upgrade like you got to start trying different things because i mean this has been the formula really for the last three years right And, and longer of like you know picking up guys off the waiver wire and trying to um you know, help them turn their careers around. And that's never going to hit at a super high rate. And when you have a roster full of those guys, it's like, of course, this is going to be the result. And so I think fans are just tired of of seeing sort of the same type of guys on the roster. And and they're sort of yearning for younger guys to come up and and just see if they can help help on the product. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next. 